Any and all views expressed on the devil and the details are entirely my own. While I am a member of the Church of Satan, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. the show where we talk about skepticism from a satanic perspective. I'm your host, The Satanic Skeptic, and it's been a very long time. I hope everyone listening is doing well and in, in enjoying the change of seasons. If you're uh, in North America like me, it's almost Halloween, which is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, and I wanted to say thank you very much for all your patience, and I hope everyone out there is in, enjoying the, the season. So I've been busy with my day job and the usual stresses of life, uh, but uh, I have been keeping busy with writing for Skeptical Inquirer. Uh, one of my uh, articles just recently came out, if you wanted to, to check that out online. And there's other very big projects I'm currently working on with Magister Kevin Slaughter of the Church of Satan. I can't really discuss them in detail, but... Suffice it to say, they're very cool, and I'm excited for them to see the light of day. Who, who knows? Maybe something will come out uh, in the next couple of months. Maybe in time for Krampus. Speaking of the Church of Satan, I'm proud to announce that I was recently elevated to the rank of warlock. That's right, the Satanic Skeptic is now an official Satanic Warlock. So, to celebrate... I want to share one of the latest Skeptical Inquirer articles I wrote. I was privileged to be given unique access to Church of Satan archive material to help write this. An essay by Anton LaVey featuring a long out of, or it was featured in a long out of print issue of The Cloven Hoof, along with several quotes from other Cloven Hoof issues. The essay was entitled Backlash and is available in its entirety exclusively on the Church of Satan website. What I've quoted for uh, in my article is merely an excerpt. I also drew material from Anton LaVey's two biographies, The Devil's Avenger by uh, Burton Wolf and We Are Satanists by Blanche Barton. Most people who know who Anton LaVey is probably wouldn't immediately associate him with scientific skepticism. After all, as the founder of the Church of Satan and the man who codified Satanism as a religion, LaVey was always very frank in his belief in the power of magic. Not stage magic of the Harry Houdini variety, but magic defined as the change in situations or events in accordance with one's will, which would, using normally accepted methods, be unchangeable. What many people, including Satanists, don't realize is that Anton LaVey was critical of the very same parapsychology that James Randi and the other founders of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry continue to challenge to this day. Now, for those who might not be familiar with who Anton LaVey the man was, he was born Howard Stanton Levy in Chicago on April 11, 1930. At 16, he dropped out of high school and signed on with the Clyde Beatty Circus as Cage Boy and Roustabout. LaVey graduated to playing Calliope, billed as the Great Xander, and worked with the Mitt Camp where he learned the secret of billet reading, describing the contents of a sealed envelope while blindfolded, from Joe Calgary. From Johnny Starr, an old carny pitchman in a checkered coat, 
Anton learned how to play Swami. When the carnival season was over, LaVey moved on to playing organ and piano in nightclubs and burlesque shows. Continuing to pursue a lifelong interest in the occult, LaVey began giving midnight magic seminars on Friday nights, lecturing on various occult and supernatural matters at his black house at 6114 California Street. It was during one of these seminars that police inspector Jack Webb, a regular patron, suggested, Why don't you make use of some of all this magic stuff and the philosophy you've spun around it? You know, you've got the material for the founding of a whole new religion. Church of Satan was founded on April 30th, 1966, as part of a shifting cultural zeitgeist that came to be known as the New Age Movement. Once esoteric topics such as astrology, channeling, tarot reading, and ESP became widely accessible in the forms of mass-market paperbacks. While their popularity came at uncritical acceptance of irrational and unscientific claims by the media and the public at large. Ten years later, on April 30, 1976, the late Paul Kurtz and Marcello Truzzi, a mutual friend of James Randi and Anton LaVey, founded the PSYCOP, the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, which has since thankfully shortened its name to the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. LaVey was already friends with Truzzi, who appeared on the dedication page of the original print run of the Satanic Bible, by the time Psychoff was founded, and discussed the organization in his 1976 Cloven Hoof article, Backlash, stating, There used to be a song, Who Takes Care of the Caretaker's Daughter? That might be answered by a new committee led by Dr. Paul Kurtz, professor of philosophy and editor of The Humanist, and Dr. Marcello Truzzi eminent sociologist and editor of numerous textbooks on popular culture. The agency's title pretty much explains its purpose, Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. Throughout my career as an observer of human foibles, I've witnessed almost every conceivable ploy. In the preface to the Satanic Bible, I wrote, Herein you will find truth and fantasy. Each is necessary for the other to exist, but each must be recognized for what it is. It has become obvious to me, as I stroll through today's occult flea market, that few realize or even entertain a spark of validity in my dictum. What's worse, the most flagrant BS has been authorized by scientific proof, the proof having been attested by way of specious evidence arrived at by experts who are often more screwed up than their disciples. Although some are quick to criticize LaVey for his outre beliefs, he was different from other popular authors and personalities of the Age of Aquarius, whom he disdainfully called occultniks. What comes through in this essay, which is something new and noteworthy, is that LaVey evidently held those with pretension to scientific credibility in even lower esteem. What kind of investigators have we seen in the past decade? From my experience, the investigators should be investigated more in phenomenon less. Are people like Puthoff, Targ, Von Daniken, Puerich, Holzer, Heineck, Berlitz, any more or less credible than Bible-thumping Ed and Lorraine Warren, or bountiful Bevy Yeager's Psychic Rescue Squad? I think not. Is the pulp playground of Fate magazine any more valid in content than the saccharine slick pseudoscience of Psychic magazine? Hell no. It's time to take a good, hard look at the peddlers in the occult flea market who are doing their best to evaluate others. Kurtz and Truzzi's team contain enough backlash personalities to at least balance the scales. From his time in the circus, LaVey was well aware of the tricks used by charlatans to give the impression of having supernatural powers. In the sixth volume of The Cloven Hoof, published in 1974, LaVey praised, Stage magicians and mentalists, who are the best parapsychologists in the world, 
are more aware than any others of the foibles of human nature as applied to theatrics. Performers like Milborn Christopher, Milo and Roger, The Amazing Randy, etc. know all about possession. Later in the seventh volume, LeVay showed just how familiar he was with the work specifically of Randy and the chicanery of so-called psychics like Uri Geller. The Amazing Randy has provided what could well be the last word on Uri Geller in his new book, The Magic of Uri Geller. Randy's researches into Gelleritis have paid off in a classic study of the need to believe. Anton LaVey was more than well-read on skeptical literature. Before his founding of the Church of Satan and devoting his full time to his infernal itinerary, LaVey was conducting his own paranormal investigations. According to biographers Burton Wolf and Blanche Barton, it was around 1953 when, working as a police photographer for the San Francisco Police Department, LaVey started being assigned all the Repeater 800 calls that came through various bureaus of the police department. This was the code for allegedly insane person, more loosely translated as nut calls or crank calls. Reports of ghosts, glowing shapes floating across the backyard, weird noises, UFO sightings, mysterious rays, all the things that go bump in the night. There's scant documentation remaining from LaVey's investigation, so most of what we know comes secondhand from his biographers. Burton Wolf, in his 1974 The Devil's Avenger, gives the most detailed account. He tells us, He would take his sleeping bag along with him and spend the night in a haunted house so that he could locate the precise sound or presence disturbing its occupants. Wolf recounts a particular case in which a couple was complaining of moaning sounds coming from the attic of their old farmhouse, which once belonged to an elderly woman and in which boxes of her belongings had been found. That night, Anton sat alone in the dark attic for several hours, hearing nothing but his own breathing, until finally a wind arose and the moaning sound began. Anton climbed over the eaves through cobwebs and dust, trying to reach the source of the moaning, but when he arrived at the apex of the house, he realized the sound was actually beyond the attic. Unlike so many would-be ghost hunters today, LeVay did not proceed with his investigation with the foregone conclusion that the answer to the mystery was supernatural. Granted, there were no floor cameras or ghost boxes back in his day, and the concept of EVP and stone tape theory were still decades away, but LeVay set about trying to locate the source of the noise, not trying to obtain evidence of a ghost. Uh, Wolf tells us, so he went outside, scaled the house, clambered up the roof, and poked around. Beneath a cornice, he found a rusty old can, somewhat like the kind that's used for olive oil with the cap off. It had been in a perfect spot for the wind to hit it and whistle through the spout, setting up a cello-like sound that reverberated down through the attic. While most of LeVay's investigations resulted in uncovering prosaic explanations for alleged paranormal phenomena, he did occasionally run into deliberate cases of chicanery. One such case involved the proprietress of a well-known hotel restaurant near Half Moon Bay down the peninsula from San Francisco. Her employees were complaining about a spirit projecting itself into the dining room, causing glasses to fall off shelves in the bar and eerie lights to flash on the walls. As Anton poked around the place, he discovered a tiny alcove above the dining room and pinholes in the wall behind the bar, ample clues for the eventual unraveling of the mystery. The proprietress, a self-proclaimed spiritist, had been shining ghost-like images through a projector from the alcove and knocking the glasses off the bar shelves with piano wire inserted through the pinholes. Now, I like to think that if there were an afterlife, somewhere, 
when Anton LaVey found this, the spirit of Harry Houdini was smiling. When James Randi exposed the televangelist and alleged faith healer Peter Popoff that he was using a radio transceiver and hot reading to perform his so-called miracles, Popoff responded by calling critics such as Randi tools of the devil. That's an epithet that I think both Randi and LaVey would have enjoyed. If the Abrahamic God has historically and theologically been a figure who demands blind obedience and tolerates no challenge to his authority, then it's only natural that Lucifer the Lightbringer serve as a symbol for scientific inquiry and critical thinking. After all, wasn't it the serpent who tempted Eve to eat of the fruit of the Tree of Knowledge, fruit that God so jealously hoarded? While LeVay himself admired the work of Kurtz and Truzy and others associated with Psychop, he didn't demand that members of the Church of Satan fall in lockstep with his ideas and all become scientific skeptics. Satanism is a religion that celebrates individuality, and insisting that members have to share the same values and work towards supporting the same causes is anathema to Satanism. That said, LeVay did offer his thoughts on exactly why Satanists ought to be concerned with pseudoscience and skepticism. If Satanism opposes that which goes without saying, the enshrined lie, whatever has become hallowed by half-truths, Satanism's purpose is in part fulfilled. The cardinal sin of Satanism is stupidity. When mass acceptance of anything occurs, it's not because of any discrimination, only stupidity. If it's to an exploitive Satanist's benefit that many should remain ignorant, there's no need to worry about a shortage of fools. However, despite science and Herbert Spencer, there will always be nitwits among us, and many out of choice. W. Somerset Maugham observed, Most people are such fools that it really is no great compliment to say that a man is above the average. When it comes to foolishness, I like to think that at least Satanists have a choice. Or, if they have no choice at least or a little bit less heavy-footed than others. For myself, personally, I find more joy in investigating the supernatural and paranormal than exploiting the credulity of others for personal gain. I'm motivated by an insatiable curiosity that drives me to look for the truth or as close as I can get to it. It's not that I can't empathize with people exploited by psychic vampires or peddlers of homeo homeopathic products, but... I agree with LeVay's assessment that some people want to be fooled, and will desperately cling to their fantasies regardless of the evidence that's shown them. Even so, I despise pretense to authority and pomposity, and greatly enjoy seeing those who would fool others as well as themselves into believing they have special powers mercilessly skewered. As such, I believe it's this devil's duty to sow the seeds of doubt where I can, tempting the true believers to taste the forbidden fruit of knowledge. It's an application of Satanism that I believe Anton LaVey would have wholeheartedly endorsed. If you like this episode and want to hear more, you can check out The Devil in the Details on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast. You can manifest this episode into your podcast app of choice. If you want to join the fight against misinformation and pseudoscience, and if you're listening to this podcast, you really should, I'd like to make a suggestion. Please consider donating to the Center for Inquiry, the parent organization for the magazine I write for, Skeptical Inquirer. You'll be supporting me by proxy. For just $5 a month, you can get advanced invitations to events hosted by the Center for Inquiry, pre-sale tickets, and special discounts, and you'll receive the quarterly newsletter, Free Thought in Action. If you can spare $10 a month, like me, you'll get all of the above, plus, plus, both a digital and print subscription to either magazine of your choice. 
Free Inquiry, the magazine for humanism, atheism, and all those living without religion, or Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine that I write for, which is committed to science, skepticism, and investigation. If you have any questions or would like to shoot me a line, you can reach me on Facebook, The Devil in the Details. My handle is Satanic Skeptic. I also have an Instagram, and you can consider subscribing either to that, the podcast, or like the Facebook page. You can also check out the articles that I write for at skepticalinquirer.org, or for more pop culture-related skepticism, you can check out aiptcomics.com. Until then, the devil of doubt calls forth mankind to challenge all things, question all things. May the Luciferian light of reason guide you on your way ever forward. Hail science. Hail reason. Hail Satan. Hail Satan.